Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. God is good. I'm excited to be here, and I believe that God is going to reward you for your faithfulness for being here this morning. I believe that you are in the most dangerous place in the world. And when I say dangerous, I'm not talking about a bad kind of danger for you. I'm talking about this, what we are doing here today is going to be dangerous for the kingdom of darkness because we are going to produce so much light in our life that we destroy and step on and demolish every work, every attack, every plan that the enemy has against our life, our family, our cities, our states, and our communities. I believe, according to Scripture, that God is going to put Satan under our feet. Somebody say, God is going to put Satan under my feet. We are here to destroy the works of darkness. And as we move into a brand new year, the year 2022, I know that many of you are going to have New Year's resolutions. Many of you are going to have new goals Many of you are going to revisit some goals that you've kept on setting for the past few years that you just, you know, you, you start off with good intentions, but you get to December of that year and you're like, you know what, it was, it was a tough year. It was a tough year. No one planned on me having to stay, you know, isolated from everybody with, with a, you know, a bunch of cookies, but here we are. And so, you know, for, for many of us, the new year is like, it's, it's like a fresh start. It's a good, it, it's, you know, it's comforting. Like, hey, it's all going to be good. I ate the old 96er last night, but come 2022, it's broccoli, you know. <laughs> and then somebody was telling me the other night, they were like, have you tried this veggie burger? They make it taste just like beef. I'm like, why would I want to eat it if it tastes just like beef? I'll just eat beef. <laughs> like, don't give me broccoli and be like, oh, it tastes just like a steak. Give me broccoli and go like, this is really delicious broccoli. And then here's a steak to go with it, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, 2022 is going to be an amazing year. But the question that I have for us as we set new resolutions, we set new goals, we have dreams, desires. The question is this, where does our faith fit into 2022? Where does our faith fit into the year 2022? 22. What are you expecting to see God do in your life? Are you expecting to see him do something for you? Are you expecting to see his goodness and his mercy in 2022? The Bible says in Hebrews 11th chapter verse 1, now faith, somebody said now, faith is. It's the assurance of things hoped for, that's the things you hope for, that's in the future tense. It is the conviction or the evidence of things not yet seen. What I am hoping for, get this, what I am hoping for then starts right now. What I am hoping for in the future starts now with my faith. And I don't live come what may. You've got to hear this because many people live just... Come what may, whatever will be, will be. As a believer, you cannot live come what may. You have to live come what faith. Whatever my faith reaches out towards is what I'm going to expect to receive in my life. And as things are getting darker and darker and darker in this world, we as Christians should believe to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. 
I want to give you a scripture for this to bring some context to it because many of you are so doom and gloom that everything's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then one day hopefully Jesus will come and rescue us from this mess but I don't believe that's how the gospel works. I believe that Jesus came, he died on a cross, he said it is finished, he has already destroyed Satan and the kingdom of darkness, he has already given us victory over him and although Satan is still trying to push his darkness there is a kingdom of light that is much stronger and much greater and more powerful than him and you are a part of it and so for us things are going to get brighter and brighter and brighter turn to the person next to you and say it's getting better for me the bible says in proverbs 4 verse 18 but the path of the righteous that is the person who has put their faith in jesus christ for the path of the righteous is like the light of the dawn, which shines brighter, somebody say brighter, shines brighter and brighter until full day. Until Jesus returns, I will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. That does not mean that life is going to be easy. That does not mean that there will be no opposition. But in the midst of opposition, I will see victory. See, we always quote verses like, you know, I am more than a conqueror. And I believe that to be true, but yet we don't want to go through any battles. And it is impossible to be a conqueror unless you're going to go through a battle. It is impossible to be victorious unless you have overcome something. So obstacles and problems and issues will always be a part of our life, but they don't have to determine our life because greater is he who is within me than he that is within the world. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've got to have some faith. And I want you to know this morning that faith is for you. Faith is for me and faith is for you. The Bible says in James, the fifth chapter, verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Get this. Elijah prays that God will stop the rain and God responds to his prayer of faith. And it does not rain for three and a half years. Then... He prayed again, verse 18, then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. See, sometimes when we read the scriptures and we see people like Elijah or Moses or Elisha or Daniel or David, we think they have some kind of special pedigree. We think that they are spiritually different than us, but they are not. And that's why I wanted to read this verse to you. It says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, which means he was a real human being with real problems, but he learned how to really trust God. He learned how to have a relationship with his Father in heaven, and he learned how to exercise faith and believe that God is greater than any other thing. And so when he prays, his prayers are effective. Why are his prayers effective? Anybody got the answer? Faith. Come on, church. His prayers were effective because of faith. Things happened for him because of faith. 
There's a story in Scripture where Joshua tells the sun and the moon to stand still. The sun and the moon stop. You know why? Because Joshua had faith. There's a time where the children of, of Israel, they march around the walls of Jericho seven times. The walls fall. Do you know why the walls fell? Faith. Faith makes all things possible in your life. Faith is what pulls the things of God into your life. Without faith, it is impossible to touch or tap into the things that God has made available for you. It is there, but without faith, you'll never see it. Faith is so important. As we move into 2022, you have to be an individual of faith, and you cannot rely on the faith of somebody else. You need to have your own faith. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, you need your own faith. And you need to have a connection with your Father in heaven to where you learn to trust him and know that he is working for you and he will bring you through anything that you come against. Because there will be things that will cry to come up against you in 2022. But again, I remind you, greater is he that is within you. Greater is he that is within you. By my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Those are the words of David. What is he saying? He's saying, I have faith. I am confident that even though this giant is bigger than me, I can face him without fear because I know in whom I believe and I am persuaded. That's what faith is. It is a persuasion that God is good and that he loves me. Sometimes it's easy for us to believe for someone else. Like, I can pray for you and believe that God will touch you, but I don't really believe that he'll touch me. We've got we've to fix that way of thinking in our life and realize that God is no respecter of persons. He loves you and he loves me. If you're watching online, he loves you just as much as he loves me. Elijah was a person, a human being just like you and me, but he had faith, and he knew how to pray, and things happened in his life. Faith is for you, but the faith that is for you has to be built and activated. Your faith has to be built, and your faith has to be activated. It's just like every single person in here has muscles in their body. You have them, but they have to be worked. They have to be built. They have to be activated. Dormant faith is useless faith. I'm going fast this morning, but I hope you can stay with me. Dormant faith is useless faith. The Bible says that faith without works is what? Dead. Dormant faith is useless. You can say, I've got faith, but until you activate it towards something, it does nothing for you. What do you mean activate it towards something? Faith is the substance or the, the assurance of things hoped for. So whatever I'm hoping for, I activate my faith towards. And if I'm not activating my faith towards anything, then it's useless to me, even though it's there and it exists. My wife and I got an Instant Pot a few years ago. And my mom is always telling me, like, how great this Instapot is and how, I mean, she can cook a whole cow in, like, 10 minutes, you know? And she's always singing the praises of this Instapot. Uh, but our Instapot has done nothing for us because it's still in the box. 
It's there. It's in my house. I mean, I can bring people over and say, there's my Instapot. You like it? Did you know what all this Instapot could do? And I can show them all the different recipes, talk about the Instapot, tell them how my mom used the Instapot, and talk about the cow that she cooked in her Instapot. But until I plug in my Instapot and put something in it, it's useless to me. Sometimes I think that's how we treat our faith. We'll talk about the stories of others, and we'll talk about here's what God did for them, here's what God can do for me, but I never really activate my faith towards anything, and so it becomes useless. Faith is as faith does. Faith is as faith does. Faith needs corresponding action. So let's get practical. We move into 2022. You've got dreams. You've got goals. You've got desires. Many of you are going to have prayer requests. And I want to pray over your requests for 2022. I'd like to do that at the end of the service today. I'll give you a moment. I'll have Randy come up. I'll give you a moment to write down your prayer requests for 2022. And I want to come into agreement with you for those because I believe in the power of agreement. However, when you start writing these things down, you have to understand that in order for these prayers to become effective, there has to be faith and there has to be corresponding action. For instance, many people will say, God, in 2020-22, I'm praying that I'll have a closer relationship with you. That's a great prayer to pray. Corresponding action, come to church. Corresponding action, read your Bible. Corresponding action, spend some time in prayer. I cannot believe that God is going to just give me a greater relationship with him without me extending some effort and opening the scriptures and getting into it. Without me being a part of his body, which is the life-giving force. Understand, what we do together on Sunday mornings is not a gathering. This is the life-giving force, and this is not optional. This is necessary. Turn to the person next to you and say, his church is necessary. I got tickled yesterday reading different people's posts on Facebook because everybody wants to tell you that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? But I was reading different posts where they're like, Today we remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the greatest gift of all. All this stuff. And I realized that person doesn't even go to church and they have no intention on going to church tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I would say that is useless. Don't tell me how much you love Jesus. Let me see how much you love Jesus through your corresponding action. Don't tell me how much faith you have. Let me see how much faith you have through your corresponding action. Don't tell me how much you love the church. Show me through your corresponding action. Don't tell me how much you love ministry and want to reach the world around us. Show me through your corresponding action. Many of us will pray like, God, I'm just believing that 2022 will be my greatest financial year. I'm believing that there's going to be a promotion for me. Well, what's the corresponding action? Show up to work a little bit earlier than everyone else. Work a little bit harder than everyone else. Have a little more integrity than everyone else. Be a little more honest than everyone else. That's a corresponding action. Well, I believe that God's going to financially prosper me. That's a great prayer, and that's something we should believe. What's the corresponding action? I'm going to sow in order to to receive. I'm going to give in order to create an avenue of blessing 
into my life. I cannot expect God to do what he says in his word unless I am willing to add a corresponding action to my faith. I can quote all the scriptures like he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon me that I cannot contain. I can quote it. I can believe for it. I can say I have faith for it. But until I do what he said I've got to do and add some obedience to it, I can expect nothing. I believe that 2022 should be a year of extravagant giving for those who truly believe in Jesus Christ. Because God is going to return to this earth. Jesus is going to return to this earth, and when he does, it is game over. And until then, we are in a season where we need to reach as many people as possible. And if that is important to you, then it takes financial contributions to do it. And so if you say you love the mission of reaching people, show it through your extravagant giving. Some of us have never, and listen, some of us have never stepped into that place of extravagant giving or actually trusting God with our finances. Oh, I'll give to the church. But is it extravagant? Is, is it precious to you? I'm not talking about tithe. Tithe is what God says, that belongs to me. I'm talking about what you are willing to do up and above your tithe, which we, we get into offering. How do you give? Do you give extravagantly? See, for me, if I only give $100 to the church every once in a while, that's not an extravagant gift for me. I go to a restaurant with my family, not even a nice restaurant, and I'll spend $100. I mean, we ordered to-go Chinese food the other night on Christmas Eve, and it was $75 before tip. Uh, Yeah, I like some appetizers. Don't judge me. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So, like, for me to give $100, like, that's great, but that's not a stretch of my faith. Do I believe that God is going to do something great for me? Then what's my corresponding action? I cannot expect him to release what I'm not willing to give. But when he finds a person who trusts him, in whatever area it is, whether it's your finances or your marriage, and you actually add a corresponding action to that faith, that's when he opens up the windows of heaven and starts saying, I can bless you. Don't pray, God, give me a a better marriage if you're not willing to do anything to work on your marriage. You're not willing to plan a date night. You're not willing to get some helpful resources on what I can be doing. You're not, you're not interested in how they feel. You're only interested in how you feel. Maybe your prayer shouldn't be, God, give me a better marriage. Maybe your prayer should be, God, change my heart. And then here's the corresponding action. Get in the scripture and get in prayer so you can change your heart so you can have a better marriage. Faith is powerful, but it's useless unless it's activated. Many of us are sitting on such potential for our life that we've not even tapped into because we've not activated it. We've not taken time to build it. Faith has to be activated. There's a story in Luke, the eighth chapter, verse 43 through 48, that I'm not going to take time to read this morning, but it's about this woman. The Bible says that she has an issue of blood. It's a sickness. It's an illness. And she's been dealing with this for 12 years. She's exhausted her finances on doctors, on medicine, and nothing is making her better. As a matter of fact, not only is she still sick, but now she's also broke. She hears about this man named Jesus who's going to be passing through her area, and she determines within herself that I'm going to go and touch the hem of his garment, and I believe, I have faith, that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then healing will be released 
to me. That's what her faith says. The corresponding action is she gets down and starts digging and crawling through the crowd until she finally presses in and gets to Jesus and touches the hem of his garment. And then he goes, whoa, somebody touched me. The disciples were like, that's ridiculous. Because the Bible says that people were pressing in on him. Which means Jesus was being touched by a lot of different people. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. something is different here. Someone actually touched me because I felt healing virtue leave my body. And the woman says, hey, it was me. Here's the deal. I've been sick for 12 years. I've got this issue of blood. But immediately when I touch your hem of your garment, that stopped. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole or your faith has made you well. Here's what I want you to see this morning. There were many people touching him, but only one person received from him. Why? Because faith is the only thing that touches God. Faith is the only thing that touches God. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. Well, pastor, I disagree with you. Anybody bold enough to raise their hand and say you disagree with me on this point? Smart move. (laughs) I disagree with you, Pastor. Because obviously faith is important. God says it's important. But there are other things that touch his heart. My worship touches his heart. Not without faith, it doesn't. Without faith, you're just singing a song. We can go on and on and on and on with this. Name all the things that you think you're doing great for the kingdom of God. If you're not doing it with faith... It's useless. Worship becomes effective when I have faith that I am worshiping and serving and singing to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I actually believe that he enjoys listening to this and and wants to spend time with me. And when I do that in faith, I realize that he actually shows up and steps into the room. But if I don't have that kind of faith or expectation, then nothing happens. Even my giving... Even my financial contribution to the church is ineffective without faith. I've got to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I've got to believe that God gives seed to the sower and bread for the eater. I give with expectation. You are a good God. You are a loving God. You are a merciful God. You are the possessor of heaven and earth. Everything that I have belongs to you. I gladly give it to you, and I believe that you'll take care of every one of my needs because that's what you said you'll do. That's how you activate your giving. Don't just, don't just come up here on Sunday. This is, this is one of my offerings. Don't just come up here and throw it in there and walk away. Can I teach you for a moment? Don't do that. Don't just take it and throw it away. Throw it in there like it's meaningless. That's, this is what you worked hard for. So when I give it, I don't just throw it in there. Even if I give online, I'm not just going to type it in. I'm going to say, Father, I believe that you are the possessor of heaven and earth. And God, I'm asking that you would release something amazing in my life because you said you would. You want to know why our church prays over the offering? Because we believe God responds to that act of worship. There's a lot of churches you go to, like, offering's not even a part of their service. It's just like, hey, on the way out, if you want to give something, drop it in the box. That's meaningless. We should bring our tithe. We should bring our offering 
as an act of worship, and we should believe that God is going to do something through this. I, God, I believe that you're going to reach someone who is unsaved because of this gift today. I believe that somebody's going to see this online who needs to see this because of this gift today. Are, are you following what I'm saying? We've got to learn how to activate our faith. If we want to see things change in 2022, we have to learn how to activate our faith. Faith reaches beyond your current circumstance or situation. The lady had the issue of blood, but her faith said, I don't have to remain where I am right now. You don't have to stay where you are right now. Your marriage doesn't have to stay the same. Your attitude doesn't have to stay the same. Your family situation doesn't have to stay the same. Your financial situation does not have to stay the same. All the things that you got going on, it does not have to stay the same. Because faith sees a better way. It's the thing that I am hoping for. And it's the assurance and the evidence that it is actually there. I've just got to learn how to tap into it. Faith is unwavering. Somebody say it's unwavering. I trust in God when things don't look like I want them to. This is what separates the men from the boys right here. There are a lot of people that will serve God when everything's going great in their life. It's hard to find someone who will serve God when nothing is working out for them. But faith is unwavering. I trust God in good seasons, and I trust God in the difficult seasons. I trust God when things are going right, and I trust God when things are going what I feel like are wrong. I trust God, no matter what. There's a story in Daniel. Again, I'm not going to read this. I'll just give it to you. But there's a story in Daniel where, well, let me just read it to you. Daniel 3, 16 through 18. The Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, The king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. The king is saying, you're going, to bow, you're going to bow before me. You're going to worship me. If, if you don't worship me, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are telling the king, we, we don't need to talk about this. If this be so, you're going to throw us in the fire? Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand. I love this. God's able to deliver me from the fire, but no matter what happens, I'm going to be delivered from your hand. If I die in the fire, I'm delivered from your hand. I'm not going to bow. Whatever, whatever comes, I'm going to be delivered, and God is able to deliver. But, O king, but if not, if God doesn't save us from the fire, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. My faith is, is unwavering. God is God. He is the one that I will serve, no matter what anyone says, no matter what is going on around me. This is another thing that we have found over the past two years. We, we found who will truly serve God and who will not serve God. There are many who used to consider themselves the, a, a part of the church. I'm not talking about just our church, a part of the church globally that, you know, they, they're, they're ready to take on hell and the, the darkness and the forces, and they got their tambourine, they're dancing around. But then a sickness comes, and oh, we're gone. We're gone. And it's not because of the sickness they're gone. That was just the starting point, the excuse for them not to be at church. 
but they got comfortable. You could see it, it within our live stream numbers back when we were shut down during the pandemic. Our live stream numbers started off really, really high, really strong. But as the weeks went on, you saw people dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. When we reopened the doors of our church, we've had to build back. We've had to build back. We, it was almost like starting from scratch. I mean, we were like, we were on the cusp of like setting records here at the church. That Easter season, we were going to set records. We had to shut down because of what was going on. When we opened back up, I thought, man, people are going to be so excited and on fire to get back into the church. And guess what? They weren't. Because they care more about what they're into. Can I pastor you for a moment? <laughs> and hopefully somebody online that needs to hear this will hear this. We, we cannot live life however we want to live life and do whatever we want to do and expect God to bless it. You know, when we read scriptures about like not, not creating idols and not setting up idols, we go, well, I would never do that, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time. Sports becomes an idol. A relationship becomes an idol. A job becomes an idol. Anything that you prioritize above God is your idol. That is what or who you serve. And you can say, I love Jesus all you want. And you can say, he's the reason for the season all you want. But your lifestyle is saying, I don't give a flip. I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. If I want to sign you know, myself up for ski lessons on Sunday mornings, that's what I'm going to do. And you have the right to do that. But don't expect the blessing of God to be on your life or your home. And when things begin to fall apart, don't wonder, why is everything beginning to fall apart in my life? You set yourself up by serving the wrong God. And in time of need, the God that you built has no ability to help you. This is really good preaching. And most of it wasn't even planned. 11 o'clock is probably going to get a much different sermon. But we need to hear these things. Move it into 2022. Do we serve God? Or do we serve the gods that we have set up? Where is our faith? How does that fit into our life? Is this valuable to us? What we are doing here as a church, as a people, is this valuable to us? We need to make that decision moving into 2022. When I was praying about, like, God, you know, what's, what's a word for 2022? What jumped in my spirit is this is a year to go all in a year to go all in like all in like if you're if you're serving on the worship team go all in like this the, oh my god this is so important we don't come up here and lackadaisically do any of this if you want to come up here and be lackadaisical about being a part of our worship team don't show up well you need me no i don't need you i appreciate you hear what i'm saying i appreciate you I love you, and I honor the fact that you are willing to give of your time and serve, but I don't need you. God can replace you, and he'll send somebody that has some passion, that has a heart after him. So anything that we do here, man, we, we need to be fired up and excited about it. I don't got to do it. If you feel like you got to do it, don't do it. I was thinking about it this morning because even sometimes I'll get into that thought process like, oh, I got to go preach this weekend. But this morning I was like, I don't got to preach. I get to preach. I don't got to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't got to worship. I get to worship. I don't got to run a computer. I get to do it. This is a privilege. This is an honor. And I'm going to do it with excellence. I'm going to do it with everything within me. I'm going to go all in. 
I'm going to go all in from the head to my toes. I'm going to go all in. If that means ironing my shirt before I come to church, I'm going to do it. I want to look like I care about what's going on here. <laughs> Yesterday, my, my daughters, they, they all had chocolate all over their face. And we got into the car to go somewhere, and Lillian said, uh, hey, Mom, do you have any uh, concealer? I said, what do you need concealer for? She's like, you know, my face is a little bit dirty. I was like, <laughs> get a wet wipe and you know, like, clean the thing off. Don't conceal it. I <laughs> bet that has nothing to do, to do with the sermon. But it's, I just find it funny. <laughs> that is, yeah, we try to cover it up. But, <laughs> oh, God is good. Here's the final thing I'll say to you. To who? Oh, I thought you said... I said, I said, this is the finest, final thing I'll say to you, and I thought you said, to who? <laughs> well, to you, Tommy. <laughs> We're all family. Faith has a foundation. Faith has a foundation. Don't think of faith as like this ethereal thing. Faith, the Bible says, is a, it's a substance, and there's a foundation. The foundation of faith is the Word of God. So I'm not just like wishing and hoping. That's not faith. Faith is I've seen what God has said, and that's what I'm going to stand on. And no matter what the situation looks like, I will remain standing on the foundation of his word, believing that it is going to come to pass. He's not a man that he should lie. If he says it, it will happen. He watch, the Bible says he watches after his word for it to perform. So when God releases a word, there's a time and a season and a moment for that word to spring forth. We don't necessarily know that time or that season or that moment, but all I can do is stand on that word going, I know that if he intends for it to happen, it's going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it will happen for me. Hebrews 11th chapter, verse 17, it, it revisits the story of Abraham. Where God told Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice your son Isaac. I want you to lay him on an altar. I want you to kill your boy. Abraham responds to what God has said. But there, there's so much more to the story that I want you to see. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, chapter verse 17, it says, by faith. When he was tested, when Abraham was tested, Offered up Isaac. So he said, game on. God, you want me to kill my son, my only son? The promised son? I'll do it. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offer, offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Let me pause right there. God tells him, he says, I'm going to give you a son. This is going to be a son of promise. And through Isaac, through Isaac, the blessing is going to continue to go. Through your son Isaac is going to come the Savior of the world. It's going to be through Isaac. Now go kill him. Are you, are you, are you all following what I'm saying? So Abraham, in faith, he responds to God. He's in the middle of it. He's about to kill the one that God says is the promised son because he considered God able even to raise him from the dead from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. 
God, so you're telling me I'm going to have a son. And through this son, the offspring and, and the nations of, of this earth are going to be blessed. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So now after years, I have this son. Now God says, I want you to go kill that boy. So you're telling me you want me to kill the boy that's going to bring the promise. Yep, that's what I'm telling you. Okay, deal. I, Abraham takes Isaac up there. He's got the knife in his hand. He's about to kill him because he believes that God is able. God, if you said that this is the son that pro the promise is going to come through, then even if I kill him, you're going to raise him back up because your word will not fail. Your word will be performed wherever you send it. Are, are, you, are you seeing this? God already told him this is what I'm going to do through Isaac. It can't happen through Isaac if Isaac's dead. So even if I kill him, God's going to bring him back. That's, that's incredible faith. We know the story. God stays his hand, sends him a replacement sacrifice, which is actually a picture of what Jesus has done for us. We deserved to be on that altar. We deserved to be killed. But he provides for us a replacement. He says, don't kill the boy kill the ram don't, don't, don't kill Tommy, kill my son Jesus in his place 2022 what are you expecting? where does your faith fit into this year? is it doom and gloom? I'm tired of the post where it's like it's the meme where here's my face when I realized that 2022 is actually 2022 in other words, this is going to be a repeat of 2020. You think it's cute. I'm not coming down on anybody. Because, because you're doing it because you think it's cute. You think it's funny. And when you realize that we are, we're, we're held accountable for every idle word, that means like even if it's something we're saying out of jest, you realize that you can't just frivolously release stuff from your mouth or type it out there. You have cursed your 2022. If you did it, repent. Say, God, I want to be on the other side. I want to be, I want to be on the blessing side. 2022, I believe that God's going to do something amazing in my life, amazing in my family. Where is your faith for 2022? I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. And I want to pray for everybody who's watching online right now. That God will move in your heart and your life. Maybe you have a prayer request. Maybe you have some things that you want to see happen in your life in 2022. I want to come into agreement with you for that. And if you want to email us at info at activationonline.org, you can do that and we'll pray with you. But if you just want to write it down for yourself, we'll come into agreement right now that God will meet you where you are and that he'll do something amazing for you. Father, we ask that you would make 2022 a phenomenal year for them. God, we're asking that you would do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God, we're going to ask and we're going to think and we're going to dream and we're going to believe and trust that you will completely blow our expectations out of the water because you are a good God. We thank you for this time and we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen.